Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. This Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get our home loan approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval a reality. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. All right, which sport do we want to begin with? Women's basketball last night? Well, I'll go ahead and hit this football note real quick, John in the Bay. We we discussed this yesterday, but uh, Steve Wiltfong, our uh, director of recruiting at 24-7 Sports, put in a crystal ball prediction for Texas to get Jarrett Gibson, the number one ranked running back in the country for the class of 2024. Uh, He and his family have really hit it off with Tashard Choice, you know, Coach Choice continues to do a really good job. Uh, did so with Cedric Baxter in the 23 class, now with Jarrett Gibson in the 24 class. And to uh, to John in the Bay's question, he said, Coach Choice, will we do a raise and a title change if this happens? Uh, you know, he just got the contract extension, you know, last week when the Board of Regents right. met, got that contract extension taken care of. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, at the end of the season, if things continue the way they're continuing, if Coach Choice doesn't get a, a raise and maybe a title upgrade. Because uh, I, I know he's I, – I, I've heard uh, that he's had some some other suitors come at him, but for all indications are he's he's happy at Texas and – likes the way things are going, so yeah, uh, just continue to do a really, really good job. You know, when Texas lost Stan Drayton, I didn't know, you know, if they could upgrade. Because Stan Drayton was really good. I mean, he helped get B. John Robinson here, did a really good job coaching the running backs. But I, I think you might have upgraded with getting to Shard Choice as your running backs coach. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been something else there. Po- poached him from, he was headed to, to USC with Lincoln Riley. That's and, right. And you poached him away from, from Lincoln Riley. So it's a really, really good hire by Sark. And again, Craig... <laughs> I know I've I've said this a lot in the last week. People don't need to sleep on the fact that one of Sark's strengths appears to be the ability to hire quality coaches. And that was, don't sneeze at it, because that was one of Mac Brown's big strengths, was his ability to hire really good coaches. He he had some misses, but way more hits than he had mm-hmm. misses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um the uh, the hits and misses, unfortunately, for uh, Texas women's basketball, more misses uh, than hits, especially on the offensive side and their loss last night to Baylor. You know, it, what makes it unfortunate, I could just see the hurt on the faces of, of Vic Schaefer and his staff and the players is that, you know, they've had such an outstanding season. And by the way, they win Saturday, and I think they probably will. They're still going to win at least a share of the Big 12 title, and there's still a decent chance they might win it outright because Oklahoma has to close at Oklahoma State, where they've already lost to the Cowgirls this year in Norman. So they're going to have to play them there in Stillwater on Oklahoma State Senior Day. So it's anything but a given that uh, they're going to win out. They'll win their uh, senior night game tomorrow night against Kansas State. They'll win that and pull even with Texas again. Yeah, But the Longhorns have the tie break on Oklahoma because they swept them. And so a win on Saturday at least earns Texas a share of the Big 12 title, and they could wind up winning the whole thing all by themselves as long as they take care of business. I I was thinking about this this morning before we get to this audio. There was a point in the year, earlier in the year, where you know this team was clearly struggling, Mm -hmm. and you had the Aaliyah Moore injury. At that point, if you had told Vic Schaefer, hey, when the dust settles, I'm trying to find, okay, they had the loss to South Florida, and they were 3-4. and four, Yep. And the Aaliyah Moore injury happened right around that time. Mm-hmm. If you had told Vic Schaefer at that point, hey, you're going to get at least a share of the conference championship and pretty much lock yourself into being a top-four seed in the tournament, would you take it? 
I think there's no question he would have taken it. He said something point. very similar to me like a week ago. We were talking about that. He said, if you'd ask me back then with all the injuries, were Rory Harmon missing time or yeah. Taylor Jones missing, I believe, 10 games. Uh, right now they're having to do, uh, you know, uh, without Sonia Morris, who's missed five games with that mm-hmm. thigh injury. Uh, Jacqueline Wenentanda couldn't play last night uh, because she stepped on a foot in practice. On Tuesday. That's unfortunate. Yeah, turned an ankle. Now, they don't think it's serious, but, but you have to miss a few days. Might or might not be available on Saturday against K-State. So, yes, to answer the texter's question, they have been clobbered by injuries. He was having to play a freshman forward in Amina Muhammad out on the wing uh, to try to help alleviate that. But then once uh, Shaley Gonzalez got in early foul trouble, that added to it as well. And then they just did not make shots. The shots they were making on Saturday in Norman, and normally you make those shots at home and not so much on the road, but they couldn't miss on Saturday in the second half of the game that Gonzalez and Shea Holly and Rory Harmon were making. Well, they weren't making those, and they and they missed a lot of stuff around the baskets. That was on the offensive end. And then on the defensive end, even though they controlled the rebounding throughout, they missed uh, put-back opportunities off offensive boards and then gave up a lot of key rebounds in the second half. Baylor did an excellent job with its ball screening, uh, and uh, it it ultimately led to Baylor running the pace of the game the way they wanted to, and Baylor got the win. As I started to say, you could kind of see the hurt and the disappointment in the eyes of the Texas players and of the coaching staff not just because it was a loss and not just because it was a loss on senior night, but as hard as they have worked to get it to this position to where Vic Schaefer could put out a 10K for 10K challenge, and the challenge was met. They had a sellout, 10,763. It was great to see last night. I think the ultimate, with counting the matching donations, was like $166,000 to the Neighborhood Longhorns program. So it was great. All of that were good, and unfortunately it was juxtaposed against a disappointing defeat because they would have loved more than anybody else in that building to clinch a share of the conference title, get the sweep over Baylor, all of those things, and it just didn't happen. So that's why you can hear the disappointment in the voice of Vic Schaefer in the post-game news conference. I think the biggest disappointment is that you're playing for a championship, and we just... For whatever reason, you know, we, we weren't ready to go. And, again, that's my responsibility. And uh, this is back-to-back Mondays where it's been like this. We had this at Iowa State where we didn't really have it. And uh, coming off of a Saturday win, and um, always you're always concerned about coming off an emotional win like we had on Saturday. But we've got so much at stake. I mean, we have a lot to play for. You'd, you'd think we'd, we'd have a little more energy and juice than – than what we had. And again, I I thought Rory and Taylor, Shea, well, they played their guts out, but we had 17 turnovers, um, six by, you know, a, a young kid, and um, we only forced 12. So we only forced 12 turnovers and we only had two steals. That stat, I don't have to look at the rest of the sheet. That tells me how hard we weren't playing. And so, um, you know, uh, 18 offensive boards, but we could only convert them into uh, 18 second-chance points. We had 11 at halftime. I thought they got the big rebounds in the second half. But, again, I just thought they I thought they played harder. I thought they wanted it more, and, uh, you know, it's disappointing. But hopefully we'll learn from it. We, we, we're obviously very limited right now. We had no bench tonight with Jacqueline out. And... Um, 
and Sonia's still out. So we played three guards. When I had to go to a fourth guard, I had to play a four-player, and uh, that really limited us offensively. So um, defensively was much better in the second half, but, boy, the first half was not good. So, um, again, disappointing, but hopefully we'll learn from it. Yeah, that's all you can do, and that goes back to that deal we were talking about, about continuing to learn how it would be an important to continue to learn to try to do that. So, uh, And again, the way this will work, if Texas wins on Saturday at Kansas State, that's a 4 o'clock tip-off. Our good friend Dave Garrett will call the play-by-plays. He works with uh, Kathy Harston on that from Bramlage Coliseum. Uh, if the Longhorns win that game, they win at least a share of the Big 12 title. They're in the same position that Kansas is in right now. Real quick, did Dave on the make side. the Manhattan trip with you for football? He did. So in one athletic year, this is three trips to Manhattan for yeah. one Dave Garrett. Yep. Bless his soul. I know. I know, right? <laughs> uh, he's also going to fill in for me on one game in Lawrence on Longhorn Baseball in the weekend series against Kansas. When I come back to MC the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame banquet in May, he'll he'll work the Saturday game with Keith Moreland. I'll do the Friday and Sunday games. But, Why does it seem like the baseball team's always on the road when you MC that thing? Tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. One time, only one time has it worked. Actually, I got kind of lucky because the first year that I MC'd it, they were in Fort Worth. Okay, and, it's and it was a, a, and it was a, and it was an early game on Saturday, so I didn't have to miss the game. I did that and went down and did it. But every other time, it's West Virginia twice. Okay, yeah. Kansas now twice it'll be. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> there's that. But um, if they win on Saturday, they clinch at least a share of the conference title. They will also be the number one seed. They're in the exact same position the Kansas men are in. Uh, if Kansas wins tonight over Texas Tech, they will clinch at least a share of the um, conference title. Now, they won't necessarily wrap up the one seed yet but but they will um they will clinch a share of the conference title if they win and then of course the Longhorns have to win in Fort Worth over TCU to make the game meaningful meaning a a win would give them at least a share of the Big 12 title now Kansas is hosting a desperate Texas Tech team which dropped that game uh heartbreaking game that they lost uh Tech did on Saturday, yeah, uh, again in Fort Worth, Cameron and I were talking about or it yesterday. Home against TCU. I think I think Tech is in the same boat with Oklahoma now, where you're in the gotta win the Big Twelve tournament to get in. Pretty much, I mean, a, a win over Kansas would be huge for Tech, but I would say even then, to be considered, the Red Raiders would probably have to get to the Big Twelve tournament final and have a lot of chalk, where you didn't have a lot of bid stealers. Yeah. Happen so you'd probably have to have that happen for Tech. Tech in a better position than Oklahoma is on that. Tech Tech reminds me of uh, Texas during the NIT year, where yeah. you know in terms of net and things like that, you you know you can make the case, but you just don't have enough wins to justify getting in the field of sixty eight. Yeah, so that's that's going to be a, a difficult thing there. Meanwhile, Texas gets ready for this matchup with TCU, and I, I know you got a chance to listen in on the. The media Zoom there with Rodney Terry yesterday. Uh, one of the questions that was asked of Rodney was, um, do, you, do you have to relay a sense of urgency to your guys with the probable understanding that they probably have to win both their games? I mean, we'll know after tonight whether it's 
whether that's still the case. I mean, if Tech were to upstate can- upset Kansas, they would still be in a flat-footed tie. Uh, and if Texas wins, they would be be in a flat. And even if they were to lose to TCU, if Tech were to lo- to beat Kansas, they would still have a chance to to get it, claim a share of the title by beating Kansas on Saturday. But the probability is on Senior Night at Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence that Kansas is going to handle its business against Texas Tech. So if you go with that line of thinking, then the Longhorns are pretty much in a situation they've got to beat TCU, and then they have to beat Kansas to claim a share of the title. So that question was put to Rodney Terry. Is there any upgraded sense of urgency? And he said, when you think about it, really, not really. We played watch basketball for the last two weeks, um, you know, and, you know, every game in the Big 12, last I checked, we, you know, I checked with our guys this morning, Every game's been a real game. We haven't had an opponent where we can say, hey, man, we we, we, we can't bring our A game. So, um, you know, no different than what we've the way we've approached Big 12 play the entire time. TCU, a team we have a lot of respect for, one of the fastest teams in the country uh, in transition. Jamie's got a, a really good older team. Um, you know, it's the next game on our schedule, and, it's, you know, it's a, it's a big 40 minutes for us, but every game in the Big 12 has been a big 40 minutes. So, we're going to approach it the same way we have all all season long, you know, and we know we have an 80-minute, you know, Big 12. An 80-minute Big 12 conference season was what he was saying there. That's that's what it comes down to, 80 minutes, two games for uh, for Texas on that, starting with tomorrow night, and uh, got to handle their business against TCU. So that's, that's going to be the important element there. Frogs are healthy. Yeah. They're athletic. Yeah. You saw that in the first matchup. That's kind of what worries you about TCU. You know, every team in the Big Twelve poses a different threat to me. At TCU, the when I think about it, Craig, probably the only team that athlete for athlete can match Texas. And when you just go across the board, they they might be more athletic than Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, TCU, by the way, still is playing to stay out of the Wednesday night play-in. They're yeah. eight and eight in the league. If they were to lose their final two games, they could go to eight and ten. Iowa State is eight and nine and holds a tiebreak on TCU and lost to West Virginia last night. I watched the end of that game. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma State is seven and ten and holds a tiebreak. Uh, they lost what five in a row? Uh, Four or five in a row? Who remember. had Oak State? Uh, they have lost five straight. Iowa State has lost four straight, and Iowa State finishes in Waco. On Saturday, they began conference play on New Year's Eve, the same day that Texas was in Norman. They began conference play at home against Baylor, and they conclude on the final day of the regular season. John Moore said that was told me when I was up in Waco Saturday. He said that's what they did last year. Played Iowa State, bookended their entire conference season, bookended by starting conference play against Iowa State and concluding conference play. Someone in the Big Twelve thought they were pulling a funny when they made the schedule. I guess. Anyway, uh, it's an 8 o'clock game tomorrow night. You'll hear it here on the Horn, Texas and TCU at 730.